Moncrief on News Talk. Many parents will have had to deal with a child who's a fussy eater, but Avoidant Restrictive Food Intake Disorder, or ARFIDS, is quite different. It's classified as an eating disorder, one with potentially very serious consequences. Nisha Jaywan's six-year-old son was diagnosed with the condition just last year. Afternoon, Nisha. Good afternoon. Now, Luke was, as I understand it, Luke was breastfed at the start. Yeah, he was. And yeah. was there any problems at that point? No, that's the weird thing, I suppose, with, with Arford. To be honest, I did find breastfeeding easier than weaning. And from weaning, that's when the difficulties with feeding were. Yeah. We all found that. Yeah. yeah. And now, I suppose a lot of parents might have found difficulties with weaning. Yeah. But describe the intensity of those difficulties first. Yeah. Well, I suppose when you, you start off and you're trying some baby food, you know, you, you think it's going to be hit and miss. But with Luke, he got really distressed when you were trying to feed him. Um, soft foods. Um, he'd be quite emotionally kind of distressed with that. And we tried other kind of foods like um, stir-fried steak and apple and very random stuff that he actually would take. Mm. And I suppose when you're at about a year and a half and you're only at five different foods, you're kind of realising it's it's not like other people are finding. Yeah, and of course he's too young to tell you at that point. Yeah. Uh, why, and what were the, the, like the small bunch of foods he would eat? What were they? Like so that? a whole apple, yeah. um, stir fry steak with dipped in like pure fry spice, so really random, <laughs> an omelette, um, and yeah, really hated any of the baby food. So um, that's where we were kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And as, as say, over the next year or so, yeah. did, 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 that, um, did, did the amount of foods he, he'd accept, did that reduce or, or was it, did it remain kind of pretty stable at that point? Um, it was definitely under 10 and I suppose at around 14 months I went to the public health nurse who was really good and, you know, referred him um, into the health services. And before that, you kind of think, is it maybe an allergy? So you're keeping food diaries or you go to a paediatrician and you check bloods. Um, but all of that was coming back as normal. So, again, trying to find out why he wasn't taking foods like other kids would. Yeah. And and so when, when how old was he when you got to the point of a diagnosis? Actually, only, um, so Luke's six now. And it was only last year when he was five that the consultant diagnosed him with ARFID. Crikey. Yeah. And, and, and in terms of a treatment for that, what, mm. what, what, what's the path ahead? Yeah, it's complex. Um, so kind of it stands for like avoidant resistant food intake disorder, which means compared to maybe other kids who might just take X amount of food, he wouldn't take a large amount of it. Like he's never had, say, cereal or eaten crisps. Um, and then that can affect your weight or growth. Mm. Um, and it seems to be kind of a whole multidisciplinary approach. So um, there's kind of sensory work, which you do with an occupational therapist, dietitian, and then some behavioural work as well that we're doing. Mm. Um, the, the, so, and and uh, is it classed as, uh, as a psychiatric disorder? Yeah, it is. And I think it was only diagnosed, or, or sorry, I think it only was formally given a diagnosis about 10 years ago. Um so yeah, eating disorders I think generally are classified as a psychiatric disorder. Yeah. Um and probably part of the problem that families will be finding is where the exact pathway would be. Obviously CAMS is one pathway, that's maybe for other eating disorders. Um the rest of families might be kind of stuck in primary care. Mm. Um so yeah, that's kind of it's not a very clear pathway, I think, for young kids. Yeah. Um, and also boys. There seems yeah. to be more boys with ARFID. And and are, are there ways, did you devise ways to try and kind of supplement his intake of food? Yeah. When we when we, when we did see a dietitian and she looked at how our day to day life was, 
she um, suggested two oral kind of nutritional supplements. So they're high calorie drinks. At first, like we found it tough, we were holding him down and syringing it. Oh. So <laughs> I have to say, well, I'm yeah. laughing at it now, but yeah. you know, um, uh, we owe him some maybe therapy in the future for that. Um, and then eventually now he's he's taking those drinks and he's down to one. Um, so yeah, I mean, that certainly has helped. And then I suppose it was only actually last year when the consultant said he had ARFID, it made a lot more sense. Um, and my mother actually told me about a program she saw where BodyWise was mentioned. And that's kind of brought us along on a different path now to look at what we can do with our behaviours to try and help Luke. Ah, so yeah. uh, so in, in what way do those two things affect each other? Yeah, so if, if for example, like when he's been avoiding with food, I suppose we would have all done different things like keeping at him to try and persist with it, mm. bargaining, using an iPad, lots of different things like that which worked to variable degrees and, and doesn't really work now that he's in senior infants and, you know, he has to go forward in his life independently. Yeah. So um, what's been kind of interesting with it, it, really the only people we can change is ourselves, our family, um, trying to manage this with Luke and to try different ways, maybe like not putting the pressure on him, mm. um, looking at what way we respond when he's not eating and changing that different way as well. Yeah. So a yeah. uh, whole learning process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, then again, at the same time, might sound familiar to a lot of parents as well. Yeah. And, and now that he's a bit older, yeah. I can he can express himself. Yeah. Do you have a sense of what it is when he he won't take a food? Is it the substance? Is it just a, he takes one look at it and won't go near it? Yeah. So a lot of it is due to the sensory property. So if he sees Amy eating porridge, he won't want that near him or he wouldn't want it touching his lunchbox, even though it's not right beside him. Other yeah. kids mightn't worry about that the same way. And then if there was a lot of different foods, so let's say if you're out with family or at a, a general se- uh, celebration, he might see things like he just like wet textures, sauces. So that will make him avoid even then his safe foods. So it kind of affects your day-to-day life and that kind of normal social functioning, mm. you know. And, and those safe foods, have they remained the same since he, he went on to solids? Yeah, they have. Now, he has expanded from that. Like, he has tried other things, which has been um, good. And mm. there was a food therapy clinic in Tala, which kind of does this program where you might try 40 bites of a food 21 times, so over a few months, and then you might start accepting that food, for example. Yeah. So, had, How much success have you had from doing that? Um, some degree. Like you, you kind of are left to yourself to do it in between and that's where it can be a little bit hard. But like, it did help at the start where he might have taken a carrot and then he ended up taking uh, so that's orange and he ended up taking a fish finger. Mm. Okay, well, that's that's, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that's some progress. How has this all affected his physical development? Yeah, like that was challenging and that's where... You know, you, you see the difficulty. Um, like, I think I probably found it hardest when we'd go down to the park and you'd see your other friends there and he wouldn't eat like snacks or he'd be then tireder. So he was a little bit behind, certainly on his walking um, and even climbing up different things, mm. um, scooting, different things like that. Um, now we've kind of got to a routine in a way that we're trying to kind of manage around that. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of ca- caught back up with his peers that way. But you'd notice like um, if he didn't eat for, let's say, five hours, which could happen when he comes back from school, obviously his energy will be different and you have to kind of work around that then with homework and things. Yeah. He, so I take it from that then, even if he's starving, he won't mm. eat. Yeah, that's one of the kind of, I think, classic signs of, say, 
Arford versus picky eating. Mm. He, he actually mightn't engage in eating at all or he won't say that to you, I'm hungry as well. Right, okay. And yeah, for clarity, this yeah. includes, does he eat sweets? Does he eat junk food? Any of the He does eat some. Um, yeah. So he's eating chocolate and, you know, to be honest, at this stage, I think you would you would use anything like yeah. that. And I think that's maybe the difference. I, I'd, I'd have friends where their kids might only eat X amount of things. But he, as I said, for example, he wouldn't eat crisps or... He might eat chocolate buttons, but you could have loads of other chocolate bars there and he wouldn't eat them. Do you know mm. that kind of way? Yeah. Um, also, if you have a big bowl of sweets that kids would probably go into, he might just eat a few of those. So, yeah, yeah it's quite restrictive. Or the sweet route, which we've definitely tried, doesn't necessarily um, get you there, God. you know. And when you send him to school now, what's, what, what can you put in his lunchbox? Yeah, well... Um, what anything that he that he he can take at home that kind of transfer over so like a pepperami is one thing or an apple um sent in a brioche sounds very fancy yeah. today. <laughs> but anything that he might take and sometimes he might eat a little bit of that might eat the fruit or yeah. um a, a, like a random uh maybe a yogurt possibly as well, mm. different things. Yeah. And uh, have they given you a prognosis as, you know, it, it, with continued treatment for this, will it improve? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think that's the part that's lacking. There doesn't seem to be a huge amount of research out there internationally. And then obviously in Ireland, there isn't that direct um, pathway. Mm. Definitely from linking in with BodyWise, um, and I have to say the Mosley skills that we're doing at the moment, we're, we're right in the middle of the second week, has been really good. I mean, people can recover. I think with all eating disorders, it takes a lot of time. And I think you have to try a number of different factors. So the biggest thing that we're trying now is to change our own behaviours because we've mm. done all kinds of crazy behaviours to try and get yeah. him to eat more and accepting that and, and giving yeah. that a go, yeah. Also a mystery is because, say, you know, uh, uh, with your standard eating disorder, there may be all sorts of factors you can point to as to what yes. prompted it. But this was there when he was a baby. yeah. So yeah. no one knows what causes this kind of no, thing? No, like I think with some um, children, let's say if they had a lot of reflux or he did have some chest infections, those kind of things, there mm. might have been like, say, a traumatic event and you didn't didn't even realise that maybe where if they were uncomfortable and they were swallowing, they might remember that. So there's mm. some kind of um, theory behind that, which could make sense. Um, and I think there's also children um, on the autistic spectrum also, which would have a, um, a higher amount of maybe ARFID as well. Um, but yeah, it's hard to pinpoint one exact thing with and it. Ca- cause it. And in all other respects, do you think, you know, is he okay apart from the outfit? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like he's in great fun and, and, you know, he himself isn't too bothered by it. I guess I'm conscious as he as he grows, you know, this is something that he may have to deal with more. Um, I think he knows that other kids like other foods like crisps that he doesn't like, mm. but it doesn't overly bother him. I think probably the hardest time has been when you want to just be out and, and having a meal or out with friends and, and you're restricted on that or the behavioural consequences of that. But then you get to a point where you go, okay, this has changed. We're just going to have to find a different way of doing, of doing that. that. Yeah. Because he, he, I assume still he can go, become extremely upset at, at the sight of foods he doesn't like. Yeah, I tell, that, that definitely has improved with the occupational therapist. We did some messy play, a messy play classes where mm. you're just trying to touch different textures and I think that's definitely improved. Um, but at the same time, yeah, you, you know, would we go out for loads of meals together? No, it's probably not worth it or there's a better yeah. way to do that. Um, but like he's got on okay with, say, kids' parties in school. 
um, and he loves, you know, going out and playing football and different things like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's 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 working away on it. Anyway. Okay, well, let's hope uh, uh, things continue to improve. Uh, uh, Nisha J. One, thank you very much for talking to us today. Thanks. Moncrief weekdays at two p.m. on News Talk.